0: Imposing grandeur, the quality or state of being impressive or awesome. The purpose of studying theology and reading books, it's it's not to gain our own intellect, but rather it is to bring us to Him. Because when you see how glorious and how holy and how majestic our creator is, the more you worship him. He is our imposing grandeur. Welcome to our roundtable segment for imposing grandeur. These roundtable episodes are episodes in which we take a small break from our current series and exchange our notes for a cup of coffee. Even though we drink coffee regardless to engage in casual conversation about things that are worth talking about. So these episodes are designed to be a lot more chill, but that doesn't mean things aren't going to get vulnerable, topics won't get deep, and theological discussion won't be brought up because knowing us, we will unpack the eternal, functional subordination view of God the Father and God the Son. All jokes, but you know what I mean. (laughs) So without further ado, today's topic is something that we all have a love-hate relationship with and know it's not working out. Although I have no doubt that we'll probably do a roundtable on that one of these days, but rather today we will be talking about our beloved social media. More specifically, our social media interactions. So how are we supposed to conduct ourselves as believers? Is there even a difference between us and how we should navigate the social media world? And I think we first need to begin in acknowledging the fact that social media looks different for everyone. Not only that, but certain people are affected by different things on social media. One may primarily use it as a tool for catching up with people, while another person may find themselves feeling obligated to post every day to gain approval or be accepted, etc. The list goes on and on. And the variables of toxicity increase or decrease depending on the person and the intention. So with that being said, I think we can agree that social media itself is not inherently bad, and it is not sinful to have an Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter, but the variables involved could be sinful and even detrimental to one's spiritual walk. So to preface this discussion, what would you ladies say, Annie and Avery, who are joined with me today, are bad and good interactions on social media?
1: Well, well, well. What a perfect episode for the current political <laughs> climate and just seeing so much division in the church body and also just the hatred and bitterness and the ungodliness Um Right. You know, we're not separated for that from that. We I've, I've seen myself be better and have hate stored up in my heart the past few weeks. Um but yes, absolutely. I think we can totally have bad interactions on social media and great ones. Right. Well, I guess, Avery, sorry to interrupt, but like what you were saying, like the the actual climate
0: in today's social media world. So like I know from my own personal scrolling. There has been heated, and I mean heated debates, in regards to things like the COVID vaccine, politics, elections, and it seems as if Christians have become so argumentative against each other. And so, yes, there are bad interactions on social media, but is this right? Like, how far is too far in communicating via social media and
1: at what point does it ruin our witness and become unrighteous? It's a really good question because I think there's a lot of different type people with different personalities and like naturally I'm a more passive person so like to me any type of conflict on social media I hate I'm like going to avoid I don't like so for me my personal opinion is if we're not seeking unity and we're not standing for truth then those secondary issues that are causing a lot of Christians to fight one another be hateful be hurtful um or just making you know passive comments or just making stabs at people are not worth it. I think absolutely, like, the truth in the gospel is worth standing up for, and we're called as Christians to have a witness that glorifies God on all platforms, including in person and on social media. But anything that's going to taint our witness or is not glorifying to God in our actions, the way that we speak to one another on social media, is not something that is glorifying to God. But that's just naturally what I would say, being a more passive person. I know there's different situations for different things. There are situations where things that should be stood up for, but whether or not it should be over social media, I don't know. I think sometimes we should pick up the phone if we personally know the person and call them and say, hey, this is what I meant. I would love to speak to you in love about this or have an actual conversation with them versus doing it publicly where everyone can view it, gossip about it, screenshot it so on and so forth so that's my opinion and i think the problem like you alluded to
0: with having conversations over social media is that people can't hear your tone when saying certain things and people talk different in different ways like avery you're saying you might be more passive a sentence that you might respond to may be taken very um hurtfully you know like if you're very short and to the point or vice versa if you're very like, all in caps with exclamation points, but you might be sarcastic. You know, like, people can't read right. those things. So it was interesting to get your inside look like being a passive person. Now, Annie, I know that you are not passive. So I'm curious, like, how how do you navigate engaging with people on social media? Because I know you're very vocal about things like abortion and certain injustices, but I know that that's something that you have also had to be mindful for yourself and what is worth posting about, what is worth engaging about. So what what is the gauge that you have kind of formed for yourself being the outspoken person that you
2: are? So it's really interesting because I would say this area of my life has changed the most over the past five years. Um and when people ask me, like, how has God changed your life? I point to this area of my life. Because I think about five, I guess four years ago, four and a half years ago, um, I was very aggressive on Twitter or yes I had Twitter and that was where I was just always fighting with like people that had different opinions than me and it was never I was never calling names or cussing them out or anything but it was just very the discord was not great and um did not represent Christ at all in my behavior and my boyfriend now husband Pointed out that out to me actually at the time. He was like, I just don't see why like you're okay with that kind of behavior. And then at the about a gosh, I don't know when, maybe a year and a half later, we started studying Ephesians and just learning about love, like God's love for us and how I should reflect that as a believer, which we if you haven't listened yet, check out our love podcast. But um so then I started caring less. Not caring less, but the way I interacted on social media became far less prevalent than, and more loving in how I did it. Um, and now, here we are today, where I am still learning, but I feel that I've become far more conscious of my presence on social media than I was four years ago, simply because my husband pointed out to me, he said, every interaction you have is either going to point somebody to Christ or it's going to tear mm. them down. And that really stuck with me a lot. And when I post things, I ask myself, is this true, first of all? Yes, no. Well, if it's, if it's true, is this the best medium to discuss this on? Because mm-hmm. I have friends here that are not Christians. And if I post an abortion article, they might rip me up one side and down the other, misunderstand what I'm saying, be upset with me. But if they were in my house over coffee, they would never talk to me like that or they would not. There'd be no room for misunderstanding. And so um that has become, I think, the biggest lesson over this past year is just because it's true doesn't mean I should post it. And um Avery, I think you were talking about this like a little, maybe before we even started the podcast, like, why am I posting this? Is it preaching a message of hope and of the gospel, or is it just saying abortion is murder? Because I don't ever want to post something and leave somebody in despair that maybe one of my followers does has had an abortion, and she sees my posts that say abortion's murder and leaves thinking, I can never be like Annie, which I that's not what I want, or I can never be a Christian. And so I try now, if I take a stand on anything, I try to tie it back to the gospel because that is, I'm talking primarily on my Facebook right now, but um, that's because that's what I want people to hear. That's what I want them to see. Not abortion is murder is the ultimate truth. It's the gospel saves you is the ultimate truth. And um, so that's kind of my take on from somebody that used to have a lot of bad interactions. Even now, I don't really post a ton. Like, I'll post an abortion thing and delete it maybe five minutes later if I'm thinking I just so-and-so is going to be really upset about that. It's not because I care that they're going to get upset, but I'm like, I have an opportunity to meet with them next week. I'll just bring it up then and talk to them about it. Um, Plus, I think kind of this is the last thing I'll say on this is if you are a Christian or you're in a place of ministry or you're a leader or whatever. We as Christians need to be willing to give up our freedom in Christ to post and say whatever we want, knowing that we have an audience that is silent. And that's something that really... That's good. Uh, yeah, I guess ha- haunted me is the wrong word, but convicted me was the people that comment on my post aren't the only people seeing it. There is a whole suave of people that aren't commenting that mm-hmm. might have like concerns or things that i can't address because they'll never comment and then it changes how they see me potentially how they see christ Mm -hmm. because of how i interacted so um yeah that's good
0: i've never thought about it in that way of like yes you're free in christ to comment that and be vocal about that but also you need to keep in mind that your freedom could cause somebody else to stumble And that fits within the context of that passage. You need to be loving to people and have that on your mind. It is not just you having a conversation with Todd from fourth grade. It's you having a conversation with the world. Like, people, both your friends and then your friends, mutual friends. Like, it's honestly crazy. Like, I've read conversations of people who I haven't talked to in 20 years. (laughs) Or, like, I mean, I was four years old 20 years ago. (laughs) like... (laughs) like decades like like and they're probably they probably have no idea that I've that I'm in my bed at one thirty in the morning reading their argument in a comment thread. You know, like it's you have to be mindful of that. For sure. Thanks for bringing that up. That's a good point.
1: Yeah, those what both we all said was so convicting and it reminded me of this article that we're going to um put below along with maybe another article that Annie mentioned before we were, we were recording, but one of them is a Desiring God article called A Social Media Heart Check. And it's just good for all of us to read through anytime, but especially right now when there's so many things going on that's so heated that people are discussing on social media platforms. But one of my favorite quotes was um, that they, the author said, walking by the flesh may be an accepted norm on social media, but it's not possible to please God in the flesh. Romans eight eight as believers, we're called to die to those carnal impulses and walk by the Spirit, perhaps especially on social media, given its reach and impact. Speaking to what you just said, Annie, about how many people can view what we are posting daily, we should ask ourselves if our posts are gracious and edifying. Am I slow to speak? Our love and kindness reflected? Am I a blessing or cursing those I deem enemies? Even when our posts are grounded in truth, our heart attitude and sharing that truth is key. Is it about me and my need to be right? Is the Lord being glorified? It's a daily battle, flesh against spirit, for those who are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do, Galatians 5.17. This battle is amplified on social media, and yet social media is where we can also shine brightly for Christ. We can point people to Jesus with the light of our lives, with eternal truth, and with grace-filled interactions. People are watching. Only as we walk by the Spirit in the social media sphere can we make an impact there for Christ.
2: Yep. I mean, I think that's convicting for anybody that's on any platform of social media, and that's not a one-time thing. Like, for me at least, I feel like I have to do that every single time I post. And, um, to that note, something that kind of like I was thinking about a lot this week because when we're recording this, Facebook is just in flames. I'm just going to say it. And um, does your opinion not, I don't want to, I don't want this to sound like harsh, but does your opinion really matter? Like, do you want to, do you, when you speak, do you want to just be speaking into the void and saying all this stuff because you can? Or when you speak, do you want it to have an impact and mm-hmm. be about the gospel, the most important thing? And I was reflecting a lot, and I was just thinking, imagine this week in particular, if instead of posting and arguing with one another, if no, no Christian said anything, and instead called so-and-so that they normally would fight with on Facebook or whatever, and said, hey, have you seen all this craziness going on? How are you feeling about it? Do you want to talk? Do you want to come over? Because imagine, A, to the non-believers, how loved that would make them feel, that you care enough about how they're doing and what they're thinking to reach out. And B, also, like, for believers to just be unified, to have that conversation in person or over the phone or whatever. I just, um, I mm-hmm. do think social media is great. And the article I'll talk about next it highlights some of those great aspects of it but um i think it can it really uh blindsides us into seeing just tunnel vision and we don't think until after we've posted you know i could have called so and so that i was arguing with and we probably wouldn't have argued we just would have had a normal discussion about that topic and um i don't know it's just it makes me really sad but also very introspective because that so easily was me and can't beat me still but Mm. I love that Annie and it reminds me of like I mean what would we do before social
1: media with crises or things that happen that are heartbreaking or maybe stir up strife or debate among us like if we didn't have social media we would be doing those things we would be calling our friends or Getting together with, you know, family or neighbors and we'd be talking about these things in person versus sometimes hiding behind a screen and typing out things that we would never say to someone because we know it's hurtful and wrong. Um, And that's something that is heartbreaking to me and I can find myself doing the exact same thing is finding it easy to say things on social media because there's not that face-to-face, person-to-person interaction.
0: Mm -hmm. it's so much easier to like be so bitter against somebody and not look at their face. But I think there's something that comes with like being in an in-person conversation with them and seeing on their face, how much something is actually affecting them and how deeply they feel about it and being able to have a very mature conversation about it. I mean, Avery, I made a few notes when you were reading that article to us. And I think a phrase that really stuck out to me was people are watching you know, like when you're on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, wherever, people are watching. It's not like these people are robots that are your friends on Facebook that are just there. They're actual people behind their own phones or tablets or desktops that are watching what you're doing. And another thing that you said in that article, an inter- internal inventory check question that they proposed was Are you posting just to be right? Like, what are your intentions? within that and annie you were talking about that like like are you truly trying to glorify god or are you just posting just to be right just to have the last word just to get in and get out when really that's never the case you're just throwing gasoline on the fire but pride is so sneaky and i think it's something that annie you're saying that you need to work on i need to work on it i think all of us we are so capable of acting horribly prideful and i it goes back to the garden of eden we want to be in control. We want to have the control. We want to have the say in what happens, and we want to be in control of that. And so when I see people arguing over something that they cannot control, but they are arguing, convincing themselves that something is happening. And um, and I think there is a difference, and I think we need to talk about this, too. There is a difference between arguing and standing up for something that is right. Would you guys agree with that? Like, yeah, you absolutely. can totally stand up for something that is right. So. But like where's the line? Like and I think that's something that maybe Christians may struggle with. How can I stand up for abortion is wrong or injustice is wrong and all these things that are happening this is wrong, but also my hope is not in this world, my hope is in Christ. Like how like what do we do as believers?
2: I This is really interesting to me because I think every time we post, we have been given a platform and speak the gospel with that platform. There is no worldly issue apart from the gospel that matters. If abortion, abortion doesn't matter without the gospel because there is no right or wrong standard at that point. And so when I now talk about abortion, I try to always pair it with the gospel. And that's where I take my stand. Um, People are always commenting. It's typically the same people that are upset by what I've said. And I know in my conscience, after doing, like you were saying, Avery, a heart check, am I posting this out of pride? And for, I would say, 50% of my abortion posts, abortion is something I'm very passionate about. That's why I'm choosing this topic. But I would say 50% of what I post, I end up deleting within five minutes because I realize my heart's not in the right place or this is more inflammatory than it is saying there is hope and this is wrong. So I think when you pair what you're passionate about or what you're trying to take a stand about with the gospel appropriately, I cannot emphasize enough the dangers of, in the evil of pairing the gospel with something that is, it doesn't belong. But appropriately applying the gospel to your topic and saying, because of Christ, this is wrong and it upsets me. And then having the dialogue from there. And I think it's okay to use science and facts and truth in the comments to when people say, I disagree with you. I think that's perfectly appropriate. But again, it ties back to just discernment. Can I have this conversation with this person over the phone? Or can I take it off the public eye? Can I take it into the DMs? Will they be more receptive to the truth there? Uh, It really is case by case. It involves discernment and a lot of introspection. Don't be afraid to delete something that you posted because you realize I did yeah. that with a sinful heart. Um right. or to apologize for something you've said publicly. I've had to do it a million times and it doesn't get more fun each time, but and I think yeah. that that helps us combat that prideful tendency
0: that we do have. Um but really quick, um Annie, you mentioned do not post the gospel in a post in which it doesn't belong or don't apply it inappropriately or Do that. Could you give us like an example as to what that would look like for somebody who may be listening and is unsure of, oh, did I do that? You know? Yeah.
2: I think what I meant by that statement was don't make, I'm going to use the topic of, um, I don't know, the election. Don't make the election so important or as important as the gospel message. So if I post that, My candidate lost. I'm really, really disappointed. But I know that God is sovereign. He's in control. The gospel. And then I share the gospel that because Christ died for me, I have uh, citizenship somewhere other than this place. Whatever. If my comments start to turn into a political discussion about the election being stolen or fraud or whatever, am I going to move into those comments emphasizing the gospel message or am i going to get very upset by the political dialogue that's kind of what i meant i don't know if i'm phrasing that properly but we need to make the most important issue in our posts the gospel not Mm -hmm. the other thing because you're kind of detracting from your message when you say my hope is in christ and then you get all upset in your comments that right right those contradict one another and so right that's kinda... some hope you must
0: have, right? <laughs> so it's don't... so easily
2: dismantled. <laughs> That's more what I was trying to say, right?
0: So more of like a consistency, yeah. Be consistent, and less, yeah. Be consistent. Don't be a hypocrite. You know, if you say something, if you don't believe what you say, it's going to come out eventually because we're all going to know, right? The hope that you have is shown by how you live. So if you're living like you have no hope you can't fake that we all see it and like we said earlier everyone's watching you know it's
1: so anyway that's so true and i i was thinking through i know alexia the host of this but i have a question for y'all um we've talked a lot about like bad things as far as like not bad not like abortion talking about abortion is bad but i mean like heavy topics like the election abortion posting about things that are maybe hard to post about or maybe cause strife but what about things that are public eye something awesome or cool or like just normal everyday things that maybe could cross into bragging um Mm. where's the line for that as christians and believers what should that look like Mm. when should we maybe approach a sister in christ or a brother in christ when we feel that their posts are kind of crossing into a self um kind of everyone look at me i'm amazing type mentality i never see that on facebook or instagram i
0: don't know what you're (laughs) talking (laughs) about wow annie
2: take us away (laughs) this is tricky because with every interaction like we were saying there's good bad ones everyone's different it's their heart at the end of the day. Like, it's hard to know—is their heart in the right spot or wrong spot? Some things are more obvious than others. Like, right. I'm just—if you're posting bathing suit photos all the time, I mean, it's uh,
0: what if you're posting bathing suit photos while also asking for donations for a mission trip? Like, yes.
2: Um, yeah. I have seen that. It did not handle yeah, it. me well, too. But me too. I've seen it. Oh. Um, <laughs> Speaking of bad interactions, I'm just kidding. But um, <laughs> I think that's something that you have to be super prayerful about for calling that other person out on. And maybe it doesn't even involve you calling them out. You could just pray, Lord, if this is something someone is struggling with, please convict their heart of that and allow like, allow the spirit to change them. Because um, you don't want to accuse somebody of something that they genuinely aren't I mean, yeah trying I mean, to needed. yeah and so it's it's tricky but from a um personal standpoint again I mean it just dials back to that self-inventory which involves self-control honestly and the mm-hmm. willingness to do that every single time you post that's that's self control because that takes thought and introspection and before you just poop post it. So I mean right.
0: Yeah I think a big thing is acknowledging and analyzing your own self and how you're um how you're conducting your own self i mean if i'm posting things similar to how other people are posting that i don't like but i'm not willing to acknowledge that for myself and yet i'm calling out all of these people like your life is not that aesthetic like i know what you did yesterday you know? <laughs> like i don't know how if someone would even do that that'd be horrible but I think also too, like Annie, you were saying, a lot of it may be like, don't just quickly jump to your bragging and you want other people to be envious of your lifestyle, but maybe they just don't know. I mean, we talked about in our God is faithful attributes of God episode, people post, God is so faithful all the time. I got this nursing position or I got this job or I got this internship, you know, or I got a car. God is faithful. And it's like, yes, God is faithful, but he would also be faithful if you didn't get that. But that's not, they're not thinking in that way. They just see that phrase, God is faithful, and they're like equating it with something good that happens. And so it's more of a reiteration of, okay, so when something happens, I'm going to attribute it to God because I feel like that's the appropriate thing to do because I live in the Southern Bible Belt and I need to talk about God if something good happens, you know, so I just say God is faithful. But do I really know what that means? And am I really applying it in the proper context? So I think like that, it's just kind of like a phrase that people are saying. Not all people, but some of the people at least. Um, So it's just become more phrasing. Um, But I think too, so acknowledge your own self, how you're posting to consider the benefit of the doubt. And then also, like Annie was saying, pray. I mean, then if they're a follower of Christ, they have the Holy Spirit indwelling inside of them. God is surely working in their life. So pray and ask the Holy Spirit to reveal those things to them. And I think if they are in the word and if they are praying and they are sensitive to these things, that that will be revealed to them. But if it gets to the point to where it's not and it's becoming way more extreme, then do approach them. But do not you dare approach them if you do not first approach them in love. If love is not the main priority in which you are approaching them, if you are not a pr- like Avery, if you're posting something and my goal was to approach you so that I could call you out and be right in the scenario, like you're doing something wrong. And I'm going to tell you that because I want to be seen as a spiritual leader. I want to be seen as more holy. That's horrible. That's toxic. It's not Christ-like. Right. But if I'm rather approaching you because I know that sin is shackling, sin is disabling, sin takes you captive and hinders you from pursuing God in a more beautiful and intimate way. And I am approaching you out of love because that is the last thing I want to see for you. Then that is what I mean, do it in person, do it on the phone call. If you have to, text it, but I think like we've established, texting is really hard cuz you can't hear the uh, person's tone behind it. Right. So, try your best to be as loving as you can. That should be your motivation. If it's anything other than love, then I would would take another internal inventory check, you know? I would be very prayerful about it. But, I mean, that is what the Lord has given us brothers and sisters in Christ for. I mean, we are the church. We are to exhort one another and sharpen each other in that way. There are blind spots that all of us have. But I think the thing that sets us apart from unbelievers, like the Bible says, is our love. Like, by our love— we are recognized as followers of Jesus Christ. So that should be our leading force. And that goes for all of our discussions on Facebook as well. We need to be reminded of this. Like pride online is the same as pride in life. And your heart, sin, like you hating your brother, like it says in the Bible, is equivalent to murder. We need to be reminded of these things. These are, these are very serious, serious things that Jesus warned us about that we have just failed
1: to credit and acknowledge nowadays. I think too, we need to normalize that social media is an idol. I don't think we talk about how often it becomes an idol in our lives as Christians. And I think we need to be more uh, encouraging in person to our brothers and sisters that are maybe like, I cannot deal with social media. I'm not meant to um, process all of this media that I'm ingesting right now. I need to take a break and being encouraging to people being like, Hey, take a month off, take months off. No one is telling you, you have to be on social media. You can be a light and a servant of the Lord in person to so many people. You don't have to have a Facebook profile. And yes, there's so many amazing things that come from it. Like you both are saying, discipleship opportunities, ways to, um, Post and magnify the Lord in so many ways on social media. But if if it's not for you, if you feel led that the Lord wants you to remove yourself from social media, whether it's right now or in the future or just for a little while or maybe forever, I would be really prayerful about that because it may be something that's hindering you and keeping you from truly walking with the Lord in a way that um, you know, when idols are in your path are hindering you from true um. Continued knowledge, love, and just servanthood of Christ.
2: Yeah, Avery, that is an excellent point, and it's um, it made me think of something. A mentor I have here in Kentucky told me, oh gosh, a few months ago, and she was just saying she's um older, she's in her forties, and she was saying, Annie, I feel. Like I'm losing discipleship opportunities because of social media. And she was like, I can't reach women and girls the way I know how to. I have to go on social media to contact and be in fellowship with them because people don't aren't willing anymore to text. Or she said they're not even willing to call and let alone now even text back. It has to be on social media. And it's really sad and I can see it's true. And just remembering when you is social media become an idol that you're ostracizing an entire generation that's tri- that could that you could learn from and grow from? Um, that's just like, yes, there's so many wonderful things that come from social media. I'm not saying that that there doesn't. but right. think about the cost in certain cases, right? Um, because this woman in my life, uh, I would be losing a lot if I valued social media more than having to meet her in person and talk to her in person. And so that's not everybody, but that is an instance that really stands out to me about how social media becomes an idol and the cost is great. But, um, and ultimately I feel like our discourse online, whether it's an idol or not, go to scripture. And like you said, Alexa, if it tells you what to do in person, it's the exact same online. And uh, be slow to speak. Could take that as be slow to type. <laughs> um,
0: right. So be slow to react. Be, be prayerful.
2: Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's it's really consider the science aspect of it. Consider how the effect it has on your brain. That's something my husband brought up to me when I was telling him the outline for today. He was like, social media literally creates pathways in your brain for dopamine so that every time you log on, you get that dopamine burst, which makes you happy. And so consider that, um, that there is a physiological aspect to your social media. There's just a lot to be prayerful about and consider. And like all of our podcast episodes, there is grace and forgiveness for where you have messed up and God can abound in your mistakes. And God can be glorified in your pursuit of trying to honor him through social media. So please, this is not an episode of everyone screwed up on social media. Everyone has screwed up on social media, but God saves and God redeems. So,
0: yeah, I mean, kind of what we were saying in the beginning, try to, like, make it your goal to incorporate hope in your social media posts. And Annie, you did a great job at incorporating hope into this podcast episode because we're not out here to condemn. I mean, all of us are on social media currently. Um, I know we have taken hiatuses at many different points in our life, but um, it's not inherently bad. Like I said, in the very beginning of this episode, it does affect different people in different ways. And so just keeping that in mind, even as you post, like your freedom in Christ Maybe a stumbling block for others, and I think just reiterating that again and being mindful that people are watching you, and maybe ask yourself before your post: Is this um, salty speech? Like, am I am I speaking with salt? Am I speaking life? Am I speaking hope into these such dire situations? Um, so that is just something that we have wanted to talk about. I mean, it's pretty applicable for today's political climate and. I have no doubt will be applicable 30 years from now because this world is broken and we are all in need of a savior. Uh, but before we close this episode, is there any last minute, any last minute thoughts that you guys want to say?
2: Um, I guess just real quick, something that uh, I remembered was don't be a different person online than you are in person. Don't post which, for me, something that I've noticed, don't post and take stands about something that you're not willing to talk about in person or take a stand for in person. Um, You should post the gospel online, but it should be convict- convicting for you if you only post the gospel online. That should be in person just as much as it is online. And so keep that in mind when you're posting too, like, is this really my heart? Is this really who I am? Or am I telling everybody that I'm this huge activist when really I don't have the stones to go out and actually say that to somebody in person. Just be truthful in your character and who you truly are. Right.
1: So true. And strive to exhibit the fruits of the spirit like our current series that we're on at all times because in this day and age with COVID and everything, we're not getting to see the same amount of people as we normally would. And so, for a lot of people, their social interaction is online. So, if we're not, like Annie said, being who we are and how we would treat someone if we were at coffee with them, and not exhibit not exhibiting the fruits of the spirit online as we would strive to in person, then that's a huge red flag and something that we should be praying that the Lord knocks down those walls of pride so that we can come to social media platforms in humility in order to magnify and glorify God. Yeah, this is good.
0: Well. Thank you guys for everything that you have had to say. I mean, I think it's been a really just a good reminder of, you know, when you're on your phone, it's not just you and your phone. It's you with all of these people watching. And even then, Satan is at work. You know, he wants to cause division. He wants to cause anger. He wants to cause strife. And I think that he has succeeded in many different ways today on social media, because that is running rampant. But also we do not fight against an armored enemy. We fight against an enemy that has been defanged. We do not have to succumb to Satan. We have that freedom in Christ to say no to acting in the flesh. And that's something that I think we we definitely need to have on our mind while going into this this platform where so many people are watching, especially watching us to see how we as followers of Christ will react because we are claiming to be his witness and we need to honor that witness, but anyway. Of course, we could be talking about the subject so much more than we had in this episode, but we are unfortunately out of time. We actually went over time. Um, However, this is a really important concept and I hope that it encouraged you if you're listening to this um, Encouraged you in hope shedding light on situations and even helped reveal maybe some blind spots that you've been struggling with that you have found yourself posting either out of pride or anger or um, avoiding those in-person conversations because it's so much more easier to talk about it online um, when you don't have to have that confrontation as much but Um, I hope you guys were encouraged. I was encouraged. Um, but I hope you guys have a great rest of your day and join us on our next episode. See you guys later.